This is the Galaxy Wars Podcast with your host, The Grays. And greetings and welcome back to the Galaxy Wars Podcast. We're your host, The Grays, Jim and Tom, and it has been over a month. Almost two months right. since we've recorded. And when we say we're back, we're back with a vengeance, Tom. Because we are talking state of sci-fi today. Yep. We're not doing our reviews. We'll do. We'll save the reviews for next episode with Ready Player One. But we need to talk sci-fi because it seems like 2018, that's the year we're in, is a big year for sci-fi. It has been a big year. Uh, so far. Yeah. And, you know. With much more on the table. Yeah. And we're three... Four months in. Exactly. But before we talk about the current sci-fi state, we need to talk about the best decade of sci-fi. So in your mind, Tom, what is the best decade for sci-fi? Until, you know, 2010s, I guess 2010, 2020, has been shaping up pretty good. Yeah. But I feel like, um, and we might have the same answer, but I feel like the 80s, are more iconic for science fiction yeah. than, than any other decade. And I guess if that's how we have to judge it, um, it feels like they are. So I, I got to go with the 80s. I mean, you think about, I mean, Star Star Wars was in there, but not the best of Star yeah. Wars. But, I mean, it's in there, majority of it. And then, you know, you had... Blade Runner. Blade Runner, Star Trek, Aliens coming yeah. up in there. E.T. Eventually, E.T. Wrath of Khan. Yeah. Uh, didn't... Um, not first encounters didn't come out in the eighties, did it? No, it was late seventies. But the, uh, like the predators and, and stuff yeah. like that, that was all. It was it was huge. So, yeah, like touchstones, like genres and and properties that that you know, kind of like, you know, aliens are still going to today. Yeah, and Star Wars is still going. And like you said it started in the seventies, but <clears throat> Star yeah. Trek, even though, but the, the movies came out in I think nineteen eighty was the first one, so. You know, I think 80s have a lot more, have given us a lot more. Now, I, I still think 2010 to 2020 is going to be pretty good. I think, and if you include the Marvel stuff, yeah, it's, it might be the best, like, subgenre of sci-fi and might be the, you know, it's obviously going to be the most successful, I think. Yeah, the current stuff is the resurgence of everything. Star right. Wars is back. Star Trek is back. Yeah. Uh, we see Stargate coming back on, on television. Yeah. Or, or at least, I don't think television is, a, is the right word. On the digital platforms, because right. with their own Stargate show, and then we had you know the Marvel stuff is huge. I said '80s for movies, yeah, but then I broke it down to TV too. I think '90s was huge for TV. '90s was great. Um, we saw all the space sci-fi, yeah, Babylon, Battlestar, and with you know the Sci-Fi Channel coming in, bringing mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff, and like WD, WB was bringing a lot of really cool stuff. Fox was put, producing probably some of the best sci- sci-fi yeah. television. In the nineties, um, so yeah, maybe for sci-fi, yeah, you're, you're probably right for television. I mean, I, yeah, nineties was was pretty strong. Yeah, the movies weren't weren't strong in the nineties. No, it was they were experimenting with CGI and yeah, yeah. that's the, that's the thing is, you know, if you look at it now, it wasn't good. Yeah, um, I actually just watched um, Ghostbusters last night, and it was I was like, wow, this movie really yeah. It's dated, you know. That everything's dated about it, but it's really still a good, like a great movie. Yeah. So yeah, it holds up. Yeah, but um, yeah, like '90s is maybe at the time. Well, you still had Jurassic Park. Yeah, 
and uh, things like that, and Matrix. But I still think, uh, uh, yeah, I guess 90s, you got to, for television, I, I, and I remember watching most of the 90s stuff, um, Stargate, all yeah. the Stargates. But Stargates, I think, came out in like 99. I can't remember. But yeah. Battlestar. Yeah. Uh, Babylon 5, even though we yeah. know where that ended. Doctor, Doctor Who wasn't around in the 90s. No. That was the... the I mean, it had the one... It was the Dark Ages of the Doctor yeah, universe. the Whoverse. But it had the, the one made for a TV movie yeah. in England, but... And se- 70s was good, too, with uh, the original Star Trek and... No, that was 60s. Okay. And then Doctor Who, too, as well as the, yeah. as the 60s. So, you know, it, Yeah, 70s might have been mo- good for movies, great for movies. In the seventies, but I don't think the television was as good. Yeah, because the budgets—I don't think the budgets were there. Like I don't know. I, it's uh, it's hard to pick out like a reason why a decade does well. And you're right about the nineties. I think the nineties, the movies were experimental, and I don't think they hold up because yeah. now we see the CGI that we're getting now. Mm-hmm. Where the sci-fi channels producing pretty amazing CGI. Yeah. And you know, probably much better than anything that came out into, but on a you know TV shows production. Exactly. So, like falling, uh, falling yeah. skies, and not falling skies. Um, Killjoys, and Krypton, the new new show on Krypton. Uh, the I, Expanse is really yep. great. It, now the Expanse, that's coming back. Season two is coming back, but it's moving from sci-fi to Amazon, I believe. Is it? I keep seeing it on uh, hmm. online for Amazon. It's wherever it goes, going to do. And the guy just wrote. His sev- I just read his seventh or eighth book, and another book's coming out this year. Uh, James S. A. I can't remember his name. It's actually two guys. I, and I reached out to these guys, but just going another expanse tangent. Um, it's fine. We can expand to. It, it's a fruit. It's a really. I don't know how unique it is, but it seems unique to me. It's two guys that write it. James S. A. Whatever the last name is. One guy's middle name is S, and one guy's middle name is A, and so that's how they came up with James S A, whatever. But I would just like to know the dynamic between two guys writing a single book. Yeah, I, you know, I've heard, I've listened to podcasts before about and you, co-writing of like shows and right. how tense it can get and how it could ruin friendships. And you you see like the Cohen brothers and the Wachowskis yeah. and you know Seth uh, Rogen and Evan Goldberg, they're doing it, but. We don't talk about the people who have tried it and failed, right? You know what I mean. But also, this is a these are books, and I, I feel like there's got to be a point where, like, you and in the books you don't get it. They don't pick up where one guy's idea prevails over. Well, I don't know. Maybe you do, but it just it, it's pretty seamless, and it and it everything makes pretty good sense. And there hasn't been, as far as I'm concerned, there hasn't really been any hiccups to the uh, the Expanse books. Yeah, it's and in- I watch some of the television. The TV show's creators are Mark Fergus and Hawk Ostby. Yeah. Great name. Hawk. <laughs> oh, that's an awesome name. I follow those guys on Twitter, but... And you had told me about The Expanse on... God, wow. Yeah, yeah, a few episodes ago. Just, I think it was another state of sci-fi that I mentioned it just because I hadn't watched all the episodes at that time. And I hadn't read all the books. I since read the rest of the books and caught up on the television. It's, it's, it's as good as everybody raves about. And it's... Kind of an unsung hero, and I just I don't know why sci-fi would get rid of it. I mean, money. Yeah, money. Give enough money, but and it, it, they may not have gotten rid of it. It might have just been watch season one and season two on the on, on Amazon Prime, but and I was just ignorant to yeah. assume. But because it's 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 good, people think it's good, but you know what? It might not be getting 
the push that it needs to. Yeah, because a lot of people have ruled sci-fi out because of, you know, the Sharknados and the... But, I, you know, as I was thinking about this, you know, and the state of sci-fi is not going to turn into a sci-fi channel review. We'll do that later. Yeah. But... Um, when we get paid. Yeah. But, uh, you know, good on them for, you know, seeing uh, something that's ridiculous, but, you know, and they, they produced a ton of ridiculous garbage. Yeah. But they saw something that people gave them a lot of money, and they rode that horse. They beat yeah. that horse dead. I think they're still riding that horse. I think they're on their like fifth or sixth one. And whatever, and what they did was they took that money and they went and they produced a couple so far some really good television. Yeah. So if it gives them the money to you know have another, I don't have to watch that stuff. No, I could watch all their other good stuff. So. Sure. You know, people so, out there want to say I watched Crocoduck or whatever it is. Crocoduck, that would be all. That would be an awesome one. Because you know, just so they could say they did it. Well, fine. Yeah, I, that's good on you. I'm, I'm going to watch The Expanse and and Killjoys was really good and I everything th- else they've been doing. I think I got caught watching Sharktopus versus Terracuda <laughs> once, and I, I think I DV, I'm pretty sure I DVR the second one. Okay. Uh, because I'm ridiculous, <laughs> but we can we can. We can say that Krypton was built on Sharknado money. Yeah. Because if it definitely. weren't for Sharknado, well, you know what Krypton it is, is they, they put out Sanctuary a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, Manda Tapping from uh, Stargate. And it's it's kind of the same thing. What they, They're really good at 100% green screen. Yeah. Like, Killjoy is the same way. Their ship is 100%. Krypton feels like the same kind of thing. Krypton feels like 100% green screen. Yeah. I know the expanse, the the space stations are all 100% green screen, and so is the sanctuary. Sanctuary is a little older, so you could see it a little bit better, or you could see the green screen better. So I think you know they had the technology, they needed the money, kind of you know they found something that works in that 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 100% green screen area, and they're putting good stuff out. So I kind of like it. Yeah, I mean it's it's working. Sci-Fi yeah. Channel's still out there. They changed their name from SCI or SCI to Cefi, and I like it. I don't care. I like I like the Cefi pro- properties. What do you think about the the sci-fi genre today? Has it broken into like an octopus, like a hydra of genre now? Is it because I when I think I think like dark sci-fi, space sci-fi, right. uh, superhero sci-fi, stuff like that, and then there's the like animated sci-fi. So what do you, what do you think about the yeah? State I, of sci-fi? I think. I think properties like superhero films have forced subgenres to be created. Like, until we say, you know, all superhero films are superhero films. But for now that, you know, some of them fall into sci-fi, some are going to be Doctor Strange's more fantasy and stuff like that. So I think it has split up the... You have to, to split it in the genres. It used to just be hard and then... Sci fantasy, which yeah. is like what Star Wars falls into a little bit, well, mostly. But so I, I think it forced you to. And then, like, there is a lot more people love genres and yeah. love subgenres now and, and putting a label on things. And, like, you know, there's young adult books that have been turned into sci fi. And so you got to think about that. And then there's the dark, like, Cloverfield Paradox, I guess, would be kind of a dark, it's space, but it feels more dark than. Yeah. And well, you know, obviously, Black Mirror's dark sci-fi. You have like the dystopian sci-fi. Yeah. You have the apocalyptic sci-fi, horror sci-fi. 
there's a lot. I actually broke them down. So I, I said space sci-fi, like the shows that I'm thinking of now are like Lost in Space, the new one that's coming yeah. out April 23rd, which we'll, we'll end up talking about eventually. Star Trek Discovery, the Orville, the Expanse, Stargate Origins, mm-hmm. which is available on the Stargate app, and the Killjoys. Yeah. And they're, I've seen three of those shows. I've watched three of those shows. Right. Um, haven't watched Lost in Space because I can't time travel. <laughs> and I haven't seen um, Stargate Origins. Right. Because they're 10-minute episodes and I have to pay money for them. Yeah, just wait until they're bulk and find a cheap way to get them. Exactly. And then I went into the dark sci-fi where you have like Altered Carbon, yeah. The 100, The X-Files, and something like The Handmaiden's Tale, The OA. Have you ever watched The OA? No. I recommend that. It's like yeah. about uh, near-death experiences and coming back. Very, very crazy. Then Sense8, Black Mirror, Electric Dreams, and Westworld. So you have shows that... People recognize, people like. I, I liked our, uh, Alter Carbon. People love the X Files. Yep. And you know Westworld coming I, yeah, back for I, season I two. I think. Let's see. Out of out of them, I think Alter Carbon was. I don't know how everybody feels about, it. and I, I, I know it's been getting some backlash. Is like kind of a riding the coattails of of. Um, uh, what was the the movie that came out? The um, Blade Runner. Blade Runner. It kind of has the same yeah. altered reality type of thing, but it's it's the one that stands out a lot to me is Altered Carbon. Yeah, um, I, I like the way it's shot. It's kind of it's not dystopian. It's just like there's such a there's you know it's it's they destroyed the middle class. There is no middle group. You yeah, know? it's 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 the literal people living in the clouds against the the dregs of society on the bottom. It's, yeah. You know, it's how you always hear about like Coruscant being like, you know, the the all the good things happen in the sky and all the bad things happen closer to the ground. So it's kind of how it feels. To me. Yeah. And and I really liked it. And I thought I, even though I watched the last episode first, um, it still held my like. That's a testament to how good it actually was. Yeah. Like, I I watched the very last episode accidentally, and then I was like, no, I got to still watch all these other episodes. And I still dug it. Still liked it a lot. Yeah, and I, and guess, I now I wanted to see how we got to that point that you know where I knew it was going to go. Yeah, I get the comparisons of you know Alter Carbon and Blade Runner and everything, but it's just because it looks like something doesn't right. mean it's absolute. It's the same thing because Alter Carbon, they're not replicants. They're just they're right. sleeves. So it's, yeah, it's it's maybe it's like just I, in style but not in substance. I it, guess you could say exactly. And if I were to die, they would put my chip into you. Right. And I would become you. It's 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 not like you could. I mean, you could suggest to me, and people could say they could be almost, you know, relatively close in the same timeline. You could say, like, yeah. uh, you know, hundred years from, you know, in in twenty one fifty is where we start alt- altered carbon from yeah. this point. And uh, um, uh, so I'm surprised they haven't tried to make it like canon. Every everything's <laughs> trying to go cinematic universe. Everything's trying yeah. to go canon. This well, could absolutely be what's happening on the other side of the world during Blade Runner. Yeah, where there there's advances in. That's why I said like we know this guy's been around for three hundred years. So the the first part, you know steps of this this altered carbon could be you know hundred years past Blade Runner, and it could be the same universe. Yeah, that's how close they are related, but they they do feel and and you know we see the effects of of you know runaway climate change and things like mm-hmm. that how much it changed the earth but other than that it's 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 totally different i think yeah I mean, but then you get a show that straddles a line of pretty much every genre and it's black mirror 
Yeah. And that comes out and just, it's a paradigm shift. Everything's different now because of where it takes you. And I think if it weren't for Black Mirror, like the darker sci-fi wouldn't as be as popular or yeah. be as more at the forefront as we get now. Yeah, definitely. I, there's a, a good podcast out there. One of them, they just do Black Mirror yeah. episodes. And, you know, I was having a conversation with her and I said, you know, Black Mirror is, is kind of like, you know, like nebulas are there. It's the birthplace of future stars mm-hmm. and future ideas. And, you know, there's a lot that's already had to have happened to get to here. But so many ideas have you think about all the ideas that had to have been thrown away in the past because nobody thought they would work. Yep. And now, like, they come out and Black Mirror does everything it's doing. And, well, Netflix in general is uh, just look at everything Netflix has done. Yeah. All the crazy was, ideas. And, yeah, half that list is, not, is, yeah. is either Netflix or another subscription app. And, and just besides just the, the a la carte television is also, like, how great the ideas are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people used to stick to, like, rigorous tropes, like, that will never work, that will never work. And then... You know, a few people have to come out and say, no, we got this other idea. Yeah. I don't think Black Mirror would have worked on a network. No. I feel like you need you need to have a a subscription service to, to take that risk like Black Mirror because I feel like yeah. every story can just could be a separate movie. Well, and that's, you know, like we were saying is technology gets cheaper too. Yeah. You know, and, and the cost of things to, to make Black Mirror to... to you know, well, that's we were saying is it produces stars as they get them. While they're you know while they're maybe not big stars and yep. not stars really, and they you know excellent actors and actresses come out of it. And yeah, their lineup is like their casting list is huge. Yeah, you know, and it's all before yep. their next big thing. Yeah, like they're on the cusp. Black Mirror put them there. Yeah, in some in, um, Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah, and Jodie Whittaker, our new doctor. Right. You know. Um, Letitia Wright from Black uh, Black Panthers in the one of my favorite episodes, uh, the Black yeah. Museum. And I, lo- I love that episode. But then you have like Westworld, who kind of reshapes everything, and people are pumped hum- uh, pum- about that show too. Do you watch yeah. Westworld? No, I didn't. I watched the original the yeah. movie with Yul Brenner, but I, I haven't watched the new one. I have, to, you know, I there's, and you know, this is part of state of sci-fi. Is here's two people talking about sci-fi and a sci-fi you know podcast and we may not talk about the same things ever yeah and you know watch as much as we can because there is a lot out there yeah. and a lot of good stuff out there there's a lot of stuff that people don't realize is sci-fi like the 100 that's enough yeah. that's a show i really like it's on cw it's it's very dystopian but just the evolution throughout everything it's great and it produced another actor who i really like and i follow on all social media is ricky whittle from american gods yeah. i really like him but it's just you know you have Something from the CW, like the 100, but then it goes to something that's getting nominated for Emmys with Westworld and The Handmaiden's Tale, all subgenred as sci-fi, yeah, which is crazy. And then you go into probably our favorite genre of sci-fi, which is the superhero sci-fi. Yeah, it's close. Yeah, space and superheroes, but superheroes have been, you know, good on them for you know yeah. getting the money. They're making the you know the money and making the movies now. And, that's the one that's caused, you know, the, that's the biggest rock thrown into the pond. That's caused the biggest ripple. Yeah. And that's why you're saying everybody has to start a universe now. And everybody has to. They're the ones that started all this universe stuff. Exactly. And you think about just TV alone. You have Arrow, Flash, Legend, Superman, uh, Supergirl, Black Lightning, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Legion just came back. 
trippiest TV show I've ever watched. Yeah, I, I watched half of Legion, and the thing is, I can't get anybody to watch it with me. Yeah. So, like, you know. The first episode of season two is ridiculously crazy. There's yeah. a dance montage. It, <laughs> it was, it's ridiculous, but I love it. Uh, then you have the show, like, Future Man, who is, um, that's Josh Hutcherson. That's another yeah. Seth Rogen production. I consider Doctor Who a superhero. Yeah. And then, like, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, all that stuff. Like, it's every show has a mix of science and has the mix of fiction in it. So right. the superhero genre has really just reshaped what we're looking for, like, what we look into well, sci-fi. Well, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy was an obvious pick for superhero or science fiction. Yeah. But even thing, well, Black Panther is definitely science mm-hmm. fiction. Iron Man. Iron Man. And... Yeah, I guess nobody thinks about it because they want to say it's it's superhero. Well, yeah, until superhero, maybe it has been given its own designation as this is you know what it is, which it's close. There's enough movies out there now that it should be given a designation. Um, but you know, their subgenres for them is you know everything. But I think every Marvel movie except for Doctor Strange, maybe. Yeah, I mean, when you spend your first act. Going into the science behind the superhero, yeah, it's science fiction. Yeah, like the first act of Captain America, when he's being turned into Captain America, yes. or Ant Man, or for Ant Man, where you're explaining the pin particles, it's all science fiction. And you think of Thor and Hulk; they're all absolutely science science fiction. Yeah, well, Thor is the one that like not into, Th- Thor Ragnarok. I thought I wasn't sure what it was going to be, and then we saw it, and obviously it's it's comedy science fiction. Mm-hmm. And it feels like that, like, superhero romp kind of thing. And it's, you know, Thor Ragnarok is a whole movie. Like, it's the reason why we like Han Solo. Yeah. It, it was funny. He was, you know, cool. and, and Kind of he, an asshole. Kind of. He was the guy we can get behind. We thought he was funny. I just thought there was a whole movie. Like, Thor Ragnarok was a whole movie of Han Solo. Yeah. Before we got Solo. It actually might be the Han Solo movie that we wanted. <laughs> Because <laughs> I don't think we're getting the Han Solo movie we want with this upcoming Solo movie. But then you have upcoming sci-fi like Cloak and Dagger and Titans. Yep. And then the animated sci-fi which with, with Ricky Morty and Robot Chicken, Star Wars Rebel, stuff like that. There's so much television that if you just watch, if you're a sci-fi purist, your DVR is going to be full for years. Yeah. Because everything comes back some, somewhat in a similar time. And they're hour-long episodes, and it's, it's you don't have a, you have I can't, a job. And I'll be the first to tell you that I want to watch more than I am absolutely capable of watching. I Like, until podcasting becomes uh, the only thing I do, yeah. I can't keep up. And I read a lot of articles, and I watch, you know, YouTube, can you know, condensed stuff, and then you know, it's just stuff that I know that I like and I'm, I'm on track with. But I cannot consume everything just yeah, can't do it you need to take a vacation from work and your family to catch up on everything because <laughs> there's so much and that's just tv alone you think of movies 2017 start you think 2017 sci-fi was you couldn't be topped you had star wars the last jedi yep. guardians of the galaxy 2 wonder woman justice league valerian even though we didn't like it it made money uh, Planet of the Apes, Blade Runner 2049, Alien Covenant. So two re- uh, reboots, or not reboots, but revivals. Yeah. And then Thor Ragnarok and Logan. But, you know, you, you think that can't be top, and then 2018 rolls around. Yeah. And the list of sci-fi movies I wrote are, it's I think there's like 15 that I wrote, but there's 73 movies coming out in 2018 that are going to hit theaters. 
that are subgenres of sci-fi. Yeah. Not mentioning the the Netflix, the Hulu, and the Amazon stuff, but you have Maze Runner, Death Cure, which I just recently watched and I loved it. Yep. It was a, a good third part to the trilogy. Uh, Annihilation, another good movie that I enjoyed. Black Panther, Ready Player One, which we'll we'll be doing a review on. Avengers: Infinity Wars coming out soon. Deadpool two, Jurassic World, Replicas. Have you seen the trailer for Replicas? No, I'm with, just looking at that now. With Keanu Reeves? Um, yeah. It's crazy. That movie, Upgrade, looks really good. Yeah. Ant-Man and Wasp, Solo, Rampage, Venom, Aquaman, and then 15 other movies in the superhero <laughs> genre type that we're going to get. So it, it's crazy. Wait, yeah, we're going to get Venom, mm-hmm. which is a I, 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 Tom Hardy been waiting for that. Um, which is Which is rumored to not feature a lot of Venom. The Venom. I heard that too. But then Tom Hardy, you follow, do you follow Tom Hardy on anything? No, I, I know I should, but he's he, the way he he speaks in emojis on Instagram. <laughs> so he'll he'll say a word and then like fourteen emojis, like the rainbow, a peace sign, a man running, a motorcycle, an anchor, <laughs> and then a spider. And you're you're trying to break that down. And there's rumors that you know there, he's saying that don't believe the rumors because. I shot the movie. I know what's going to happen. Right. How would you do a Venom movie and not feature a lot of Venom? Like, I don't want to see an Eddie Brock movie. I want to see the symbiote. I can I can get the the first and maybe the first sec, first half of the second act be the explanation of what the symbiote is and, yeah. you know, building of Carnage yeah, and everything a, else. Let's say it's three-act movie, first act, Eddie Brock in and out of jail, hates Spider- or hates Peter Parker. Whatever. Well, I guess he can't because you can't mention Spider-Man. You can. Can you yeah, Sony and Marvel have um, okay. shared custody of, of Peter. Okay, so I, they could they could he can mention them, and um, they got to build up to like the Spider Slayers. They have to build up to yeah. Carnage, who is rumored to be Woody Harrelson. Oh really? Yeah, Cletus Cassidy. Yeah, what, uh, Carnage. That'll be good. Yeah, I, I think he's a perfect person yeah. for for Carnage, and it, it's better to have somebody who's established to work with Tom Harvey, Hardy because he's established too. It's yeah. two great actors. They could carry that franchise. Yeah, that's really good. Because yeah. I was thinking more along the lines of um, the guy that played Warshak and oh, Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah, yeah. I thought he would have been as good as Cletus Cassidy. Um, just that I, I, I don't think as much about Carnage as Cletus Cassidy. Yeah, you know the, the serial killer, crazy, and Jackie Earl Haley is perfect for that. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think from but, Rorschach to his yeah. role in The Tick and yeah. Preacher. He, yeah, he's. And well, he means Freddy. He was Freddy Krueger, yeah, too. And I kind of like this portrayal of Freddy Krueger. Yeah. As far as Carnage went for me, it's a crazy pick. But I always liked um, Jim Carrey as Carnage, <laughs> yeah. just because like how he was in the in the Bad Batch, and he. I want to see him play darker stuff. I like the number twenty three. You never know. Okay, yeah, for that stuff. But you never know when he's going to take a political stance exactly. against, like he did for. Um, Kick ass. Yeah, and that's he gave up violence. Yeah, he, like he doesn't he, want to do violent he, movies. But he anymore. didn't give up a paycheck. No, not he took at all. Took a paycheck. He yep. just gave up the violence after the movie was out. Exactly. Paid, so, and then he goes on. You know, he had some yeah, life but, issues that happened. Yeah. But I don't. Just the look of him as Cletus Cassidy yeah, would have been. perfect. I think he would have been great. But yeah, he's uh. Cletus, you know, he's not doesn't have that superhero build. No, he's going to be thinner. He's gangly. Think, he's yeah. dirty. Norman Reedus could play. Uh, Cletus Cassidy yeah, too. Yeah, just swap him over from Daryl Dixon. <laughs> Same close. <laughs> exactly. He has the crossbow too. You know, it's great. And then, not to mention, we you know, we we talked the theatrical releases, but the streaming movies that are coming out. You had Cloverfield Paradox, which um, 
left us wanting less of Cloverfield. For me, yeah. Now, I recently saw, yesterday, uh, A Quiet Place, and I read an article that that was going to be turned into a Cloverfield sequel. Really? Yeah, it was... The story was going to be purchased by Bad Robot and turned into a Cloverfield sequel. Purchased from um, John Krasinski? I don't know if it was before John Krasinski wrote the screenplay, but... If it was, if John Krasin, if this exact movie that I saw was translated into a Cloverfield sequel, I get it. Yeah. Because it kind of, it kind of works. I'm glad it didn't because this is a movie that I would rather see as a standalone film, because just the way everything worked out, mm-hmm. it doesn't need to tie into everything. Although it could have, because there's, you know, there's a timeline going on in the movie. But and it is horror, correct? Yeah, it's, it's thriller. I guess okay. there were there were some jump scare moments, but it wasn't. It was a suspenseful movie. It was one of the most suspenseful movies I've ever seen. Good, uh, and it's quiet. Like it's that, except for the people sitting next to me who were wondering why <laughs> the movie was so quiet. But I was telling, I told you that if there was a hole in the movie, the director John Krasinski and the writers would they filled that hole. There's no speculation of why would he do that, why would he do that. There's everything's kind of answered for it, and that's what I really liked about it. it took a, it looked like it took a lot to make the movie. And I read an article that John Krasinski uh, was interviewed in, and he said it's not more about the, the horror. It's more about what you would do for your children in a life-or-death situation. And that's like, there's monsters and there's all that stuff in there, but it's what you what the parents would do if they couldn't protect their kids. And I thought that that was a beautiful message to throw I, out uh, It feels like, hopefully, because I think horrors horror's probably been the least and I love horror movies mm-hmm. but it's probably been my least favorite new productions and yeah. and until I watched Get Out and I said this might change everything yeah Get Out is one of those you know to use the same analogy over and over again could be the biggest ripple in the pond for those types of movies yeah. I mean it's an Oscar winning horror movie 2017 had some good horror and it's 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 a guy who's not established as a horror writer slash director or actor. He's a comedian, but he's smart and he has a different take mm-hmm. on it. I think it could be huge. And I could. I think it could change everything. And I think it has changed everything. And not even just for the social movement that it took on, but as like, it's just a different type of horror. It actually makes you like think and, and get involved and... and the tropes in hard. It used some tropes, but it was funny. It was supposed yeah. to be funny, but I, I think overall, I just really liked it. And I, I think that's kind of the vein. Like John Krasinski, you don't think horror movie? No, not at all. I think Jim from The Office. Right, it's exactly and that's the thing is like he's working really hard to not be Jim from The Office. Yeah, the big dope. Yep, and and I mean he did Benghazi movie, and I was like, oh, yeah, and grew a beard and Got went on off. He went yeah. from Jim, Jim to John. Like that's the <laughs> transformation I want to go into. I want to be. I'm Jim. I want to go to John's body. <laughs> that's the altered carbon sleeve that I would want, John Krasinski. But I, I like that that point because Jordan Peele is also somebody who is being referenced into reviving the Twilight Zone. Yeah. And with his dark sense of humor and writing style, he could turn the Twilight Zone into what Black Mirror is now. Yeah. So definitely, could, def- because. That's what you know, you know. The ironies of of um, 
of Twilight Zone was what made them good yeah. and funny. They yeah. were funny. In a, way. Oh, yeah. a lot of them were funny. Like you did, you didn't laugh all the way through it, but you laughed at the very end, and it turned into a great uh, TV show slash whatever. And and I think that he, if you watch his comedy, it's like it's close. He wasn't a dark comedian. He didn't no. write dark comedies, but they were undertones. You knew what was going on. Yeah, his comedy was in that same vein. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, a lot of it was, you know, being black and just, you know, what that world's like. Mm-hmm. Um, so he definitely could. I, I think he could easily step into that role. Yeah, and I would like to see him do some sci-fi stuff, too. Yeah. And mainly streaming. I would like to see him do more streaming stuff because what we got so far in 2018 with Cloverfield Paradox and Mute. Oh, I hate it, Mute. It was... Mute was on our episode list, and then um, I think I killed a gypsy because yeah. everything in my life started. I almost cut my thumb off, and yep. I got into a car accident, and my basement flooded. And but um, yeah, it's probably for the I'm, best. I, mean. I think I, I think because I was going to watch Mute. Yeah, it was it was bad. How do you? I'm going to go on a Mute tangent for a second. Mute takes place in he's Amish. Yes. New future, future Amish, new Amish, but he's got pictures of his family. Which, in my mind, I don't believe that the Amish community likes to get their pictures taken. No. He's got electricity. Right. He's got a cell phone. Yeah, you lost me. Yeah, that's where you lose me. Well, that's why it's future. Yeah, you lost me with that. So I'm moving. I'm so glad that we didn't do a mute review because I. Well, you just, watched it, and I yeah. I watched like five minutes of it. I have eight pages of notes for me. Yeah, Jesus Christ, and I love Duncan Jones. I love I love everything that he's done minus this. I liked Warcraft and the source yeah. uh, with the Adjustment Bureau or Source Code, one of those two. My girlfriend was like, "Why are we watching this?" I was like, "I have to. Yeah. I have to watch it." And it was just, it was, bad. It was a struggle for yeah. me. Just even watch like twenty minutes of it, and it's got a good cast too. Paul yeah. Rudd, Justin Theroux in it, and Alexander Skarsgård couldn't get me through it. But yeah, it, it's 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 bad everywhere. Yeah. Nobody likes me. No, not at um, all. And I can't, I can't. That was his passion project. Yeah, no. that was his Valerian. All well, that's best. a. Yeah, I guess he got paid for it. That's don't do your passion. Just <laughs> stick to getting paid for. That's, don't pursue your dreams, kids. That's <laughs> if that's the message of the podcast today. Uh, don't pursue your dreams. But besides mute, I did some research. There's 26 upcoming sci-fi movies coming to Netflix alone. Oh wow! This year, I believe three of them were already released. I saw on my uh, my Netflix like new releases that you have to watch it, and then there's the return of like I said, the Expanse is coming back, and Tick came back to Amazon. So you you have a bunch of stuff coming back to streaming. What do you think about the streaming movies in general, like the streaming universe? Are we going to see greater movies come out of it, or are we just? Stuck well, I think with we news? almost have to. I mean, we saw ones that we've liked. I think Bright wasn't phenomenal, no. but it was good. Yeah, and it was it was a great start. I think, and um, I think it's like I think this is the the nail in the coffin for Hollywood studios. Like, you don't need all that. Yeah, yeah. These are being produced and and put out by Netflix, who has money yeah. and who's willing to spend it, and doesn't get. You always hear from the older generations of of actors and actresses how studios got involved. And you always heard, why do you need to have a hand in this? Exactly. Let us produce our movie. But you always hear how studios got involved in every step 
from, you know, just because they wanted to make sure they recouped their money. Just look at WB with the DC Universe. Yeah. 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 That's a, it's a failed property at this point. Well, yeah. You have to call it failed property. Yeah. When you, you stack it up against, you know, all the other universes, it's a failed property. When one movie is successful and the other four that you did were not. Right. Yeah, yeah it's, it's rough. So Netflix and Amazon and especially Amazon because, well, we'll get to that. But Netflix is definitely just doesn't care about yeah. what it, it – I mean, somebody watches it and somebody sees it. But I think they just have a lot of faith in creators yeah. and allows them to come out and put you know pretty amazing stuff out. And production companies are moving from going to the movies to Netflix because I, I was telling you about uh, Annihilation released in three countries, and the rest went to Netflix. Yeah. Uh, they bought a movie called The Bird Box from Universal or Paramount, and that has Sandra Bullock in it, and that's coming this summer, and that's a and, it, and John it, Malkovich is in it. You know, it. a big thing about that is, like, a lot of movies that come out, and you can just Google it, how much money they spent on, like, they have a budget of mm-hmm. $250 million or whatever. And then you look at what they spent on advertising. Yeah, they'll crazy. spend sixty million dollars or hundred million dollar advertising projects here over here on advertising. Yeah. like a third of the movie's budget. How much money do you think the Avengers: Infinity War has spent oh, on huge. advertising? It's huge. Yeah, I mean and that's a five hundred million dollar movie. Yeah, that gets crazy. It's a half a billion dollar movie. So what? But. The crazy thing about it is they don't need to advertise anything. No. People are going to go see that movie. <laughs> I'm going to see it twice in two days. <laughs> so, but, you know, a lot of movies they need to advertise so you know that it exists. And But Netflix, they don't need to do that. They don't, I don't see production of advertising. And even if it's a bad property like Mute or like some of the horror movies that have gone to Netflix, like The Babysitter, people are going to watch them. Yeah, they're, it's going to come up in a queue. Yep, and either way, your your eleven dollars a month times everybody else who paid that eleven dollars right. a month is recouping all their losses to those bad properties that they mm-hmm. you know they spent fifty million dollars to get bright, yeah. right? They made a hundred over a hundred and eleven million dollars the first week, first four days yeah. for bright. So Netflix is is really changing the game, and it's going to shift into what Amazon and Hulu are going to do with original movies. Yeah, well, I was going to say about Amazon is. Jeff Bezos looks at the Amazon name and property as 100% R&D. He doesn't make any money from even the Amazon purchasing. Like, you go on Amazon, you buy stuff. Jeff Bezos, Amazon has yet to make a dime off of that. They're still in the red. They've always been in the red. And it just, he uses all that money as R&D for the next big thing. And he, that's how he gets information about people and what people do and trends, and he uses it elsewhere. That's where he, he's, he hasn't made any money off of Amazon. He makes all his money in, in other places. Yeah. So Amazon is, is one place, and you know it by watching everything. They went and they, you know, for something I watch a lot of, uh, they went and, and bought that car show from England. Yeah, Top Gear. Top Gear, and turned it to the Grand Tour. They spent a ton of money on that. It's, it's the largest... They've mon- it's the most amount of money they've spent so far. Yeah. And they're willing to spend money on that and go buy properties that nobody's ever heard of. And the same for Netflix. And, and Hulu's, Hulu's got to play catch-up in a way. Yeah. They're not in the same... I don't think they're in the same... I don't remember a Hulu original movie that's come out. Yeah. I, I know they get like Hulu documentaries. Like they yeah. did the Wonder Woman documentary and the Batman and the Bill one. But I don't remember any movies coming out. And I could be wrong. But like Amazon goes out with Manchester by the Sea. Yeah, that wins awards. They, I'm pretty sure they had a hand in uh, Moonlight. They had a hand in Big Sick was uh, nominated yeah. for 
best picture. So Amazon and, and Netflix, they, they don't care about taking risk. No. They know people are going to put their money into it because it's trusted. Yeah, well, and because it's got a, the audience is already built in. Yep. We, and, li- we live in algorithm culture. Yeah. Like that's, we're in a society that where everything is based off algorithms. And if you have these online services, you're going to have the queue and you're going to, you're going to click on it more like one out of five people are going to click on that and it's right. going to make money. Yeah. I don't know. I watched, what was I, what did I watch because it was next up and I just wasn't getting a remote. Then the ramen girl with, um, it's old. It had, she died. She was in. I can't remember the name. No Brittany idea. Murphy. Okay. Went to Japan. Couldn't speak the language. Needed to pay for her room and board, so she took a job learning how to make ramen soup. Jesus. It was. All right. I was like, you know, it's in my queue, and it's if, next up. So. If you look at my my Hulu, <laughs> it goes from like TV shows that I'm trying to catch up on, and then there's a show that again it was kind of like I didn't want to change the channel. It's called Neon Joe Werewolf Hunter. It's the most ridiculous show I've ever watched, but it's on there. And it's like, you have four more episodes, and I'm like, I'll get to you. I'm not going to forget about it. Moving forward in the state of sci-fi, where do you think the future holds for sci-fi television and movies? Um, I th- trending, I, th- I think um, realism, like more realistic, closer to home stuff has okay. been... I think trending like the expanse. I think what people like about it is they don't have light speed. Yeah. They're still confined to the soul system. And, and I mean, eventually they have a work around that, but so you see the, like, this is what we talked about before. They say, you see the effects of G and like, they don't have a way to compensate for that. They have all these different, very realistic things. And I think it shows that, you know, our, our original idea was to talk about the science behind things. And I think, like, more science-accurate stuff. Because yeah. the science is kind of gradually catching up. We're close to going to Mars. Yeah. That's a big deal. There's a Tesla on there. Yeah. Or a Tesla's on its way there. Yeah, floating around. Yeah. But we're close, you know. And, and to to keep, like, just slightly ahead of that but not go too far, I think, is, is the next thing. that I, I think it seems like that's what people want to see. That's exactly what I want to see. It's not what I think is going to happen. I think right. we're going to get more dystopian. I think we're getting more dystopian and outbreak sci-fi. I think we're going to get more Star Wars and Star Trek sci-fi. Like, yeah. stuff like that. Not reboot. Like, well, obviously, we're going to get, like, canon stuff and, uh, like, sequels and stuff. But I think we're going to get more superhero sci-fi, which I'm fine with. Yeah, definitely. More bad sci-fi. I think because always I, gonna, but you always got to take the good with the bad. But and feel, people think the well, like I said, you know, I I like some bad. I definitely like some bad. I feel like sci-fi is going to turn into the vein of what horror has turned into, where we're going to get so much bad sci-fi overproduction mm-hmm, that yeah. it's gonna, that people are going to be like, oh no, I'm done with sci-fi, and then yeah. we're going to wait another twenty years. To well, that get. was the thing with horror is it was cheap to make. Yeah, you know, you you didn't. It was all practical, so guys that could like layer makeup on, yeah, strap could, a mask on somebody, and yeah, you're good to go. They, they could make a great, visually kind of good science fiction or to, uh, horror. And yeah, the same thing is like, all right, the CGI is getting cheaper. Yep, green and, screens are easier to work with. Yeah, you can make a movie on your iPhone now. Yeah, in fact, I'm going to make a movie on my <laughs> iPhone. So, and Steven Soderbergh made a movie on his on yeah. um, Unsane was made on an iPhone. So. The same iPhone I own, Tom, which <laughs> maybe puts me and Steven Soderbergh in the same category. But I also think we're going to get about 20 
subgenre sci-fi movies per year, like big release. Yeah, like it's gonna there's gonna be more Maze Runners, there's gonna be more Pacific Rim stuff like that, more Transformers, even though no one wants them. Well, that's that's you know it could be it's good and bad. Um, I don't think all of it's like I, I don't not all of it's gonna be for me worth watching, but yeah. it's kind of it's nice having the choice not to have to like yeah it's true just because you know i i want to go see i want to go see high action fan or, or science fiction mm-hmm. i'm not i am not strapped for choices ever exactly at this point um so for it, me that's good uh, and you know i'm going to see some duds yeah and but. it could also lead to authors who are writing great sci-fi who normally when we had sci-fi exhaustion or we were on hiatus from good sci-fi no, they want to get pursued. Yeah. Now they're looking for that next expanse. They're looking for the next Alex Garland type story. So they're going to reach out, like production companies, Netflix, everybody. They're going to reach out to these authors, well, and we're going to have I great think, stories. I think you know, um, Harry Potter and Game of Thrones kind of started those. Like, reach out to an author that has a, a fan base built in, has an expansive storyline built yep. in. Don't have to put as much work into writing it because it's already written. Basically, yeah. we just screenplay it and storyboard it. Don't have to put as much work into acquiring an, an audience. We just so that leaves us more money, time, and effort into putting a visually stunning thing out there. And that's what Harry Potter was. The stories were yeah. great. They're basically adapted from the books. And the same thing with Game of Thrones. It just based on a great story yeah. that was already written. And you know, and they're not the beginning. You can go all the way back to Lord of the Rings yeah. and all that stuff. But I'm just saying, like, go. They, the authors are out there. And go and tap the use them as a resource and tap into them. You bring up a great point because George R. R. Martin, writer of Game of Thrones, has now had another book series adapted to what is going to become a sci-fi show called Night Flyers. Yeah. And that's coming out this year, and it looks—it's dark, it's bloody. Well, st- I think he started writing for Sci-Fi Magazine yeah. a long time ago, so I and think if, that's where he, you know, like, you ne- I guess you never know for an author, and we've talked about it before. We'd like to write something, but you know, we have to work, and we're lazy, yeah. and do you know? You do six or seven podcasts, I don't even know, but too many. Um, yeah, I guess you got to like go with wherever the crowd takes you. Yeah, exactly. And, and you, you know, the the future. I think the future is bright, but I just hope it doesn't get exhausted. I don't because I don't want sci-fi and superhero movies to go by way of the western. Yeah, yeah, and I think the western, you know, the western's dead, and yeah. then you see a western, and it has to stand out. So, yeah, because they tried cowboys and aliens, <laughs> and that didn't work. One, but I, I think it, it sci-fi's always been. I think it always will be kind of an ebb and flow, and we might get. But the thing is, we don't even know what the future of. We don't know where we will be watching, with, you know, next year. Yeah, we might be going VR movies. Right. I don't where know if I could do what that. are we going to be? Where are we going to be watching movies and television? And there's even more to say about that in the sense of like net neutrality. So yep. that could end Netflix altogether, yep. or that can make us pay fifty dollars for Netflix a month, so they can recoup their. So. It's it's kind of interesting to, to say that we don't really yeah. we have an idea we th- we hope streaming and Netflix keeps making money and not, Amazon keeps making money but and we keep paying for their good products but we might not even know yeah the future is uh, is unknown yeah it's the next frontier it's the final frontier if you will 
I want sci-fi, like I want the the tone of sci-fi to go more towards like what Alex Garland has been working on with Annihilation and and with Ex Machina and stuff like that. Yeah. It's more of what you were saying too, like realistic sci-fi where like Annihilation. I know you haven't seen it, but you send scientists into something to to understand it. You're not sending ten soldiers into right to fight the unknown. Like well, that's to kind break of it down. you know that's why I liked. Um, Stargate. You had Stargate was you send soldiers through, yeah. but you had to get a scientist that knew about it or a team of scientists. And that the TV show is more about the science aspect. And it was on a military base, but you always sent military through. But it was mostly, a, you know, military defends the the science yeah. behind it. And they, you know, they had teams of scientists that went places. And I kind of always liked that. You send your bodyguards. Yeah. And and it, not everything's military action. Exactly. So. And it doesn't need to be. The last thing we'll talk about, we did a reboot episode with movies that we would reboot. What franchises do you think could get rebooted, rebooted in the future? I think the one that's everybody's one, and if you pay attention, to, every now and then, a meme will pop up or, or people will talk about Bill and Ted. Yeah. And... and I think Keanu Reeves is peaked. This is this is his best that he's putting out right now. Yeah. Everything he puts out is golden. Everybody wants to see him. He's huge. And I don't think uh what's his name? Um I think he's free. Yeah. Alex Winter. He's been talking about Bill and Ted on podcasts for the last I mean, obviously eight years. They've aged. Keanu Reeves barely yeah. has aged. He's in better shape than he's ever been. But and I don't and you know, Rufus is dead, George Carlin's gone, but I think there could be something where they, you know, you know, it's it's generations after them or their kids or something. Something could happen. I'm pretty sure they're both on board. They just need the studio to, to back it. And Entertainment Weekly just uh, brought all these people back to do like reunion pictures like they did Dawson's Creek and I think Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And then they did Bill and Ted. Yeah, I saw them in the um, phone booth. Yeah. So I got like four texts from people like, it's happening, it's <laughs> happening. And I'm like, no, read the article. It's a reunion picture. I would want that to happen. Yeah. I don't I don't know if they test it and they went out and they said, does anybody want this? I just, I don't think anybody would say no. No. People love Keanu. Yeah. He's got that Replicas movie coming out. I think more than ever they love him. Yeah. I mean, I, now they don't love him for his comedy chops, but yeah. they, you know... John Wick has changed the way everybody looked at him. And I think Bill, but, they need to jump on Bill and Ted now before John Wick, like you're beating a dead horse with yeah. John Wick. Because the third one's going to be coming out. If that's where they end, who knows what happens with Keanu yeah. after that. So you need to jump on Bill and Ted now. Like we've always said, Keanu Reeves defines the action movie genre, I think. Like yeah. he's been, since he came out in... in uh, what was the surfer movie he did? Point FBI, Break. Point Break, when he was FBI surfer. He's always been somebody that, you know, that it kind of establishes where the genre is. He did with Matrix. Mm-hmm. Speed. Speed. Like, he's always on top of the action movie genre. And now with John Wick, I think he's definitely... Uh, he. I don't know if he's changed it, but, like, he's changed the way people look at him. Yeah, Keanu Reeves is kind of like how people looked at like Chuck Norris in the yeah. early days with the action movies. Like I'm not saying they're in the same category as far as action movies go, but like in the nineties, Keanu Reeves was like the action star. He's a yeah. big action star. It's kind of like what Vin Diesel has kind of turned into and what the rocks turning into. They're, they're legit action stars and people forget about that. 
Yeah, yeah. With with Keanu, you do because you don't. He doesn't put a ton out. Yeah, he's he's not like. Uh, I guess he puts out what he believes in. Yeah, and you know what was that one where he's in the desert with uh, Cal Drago? Uh, oh, bad the Bad Batch. Bad Batch. Second yeah, reference yeah. of the Bad yeah. Batch this episode. That movie was not on anybody's radar. That movie was not a normal movie. And I think it was on our radar. Yeah. We knew all about it. And I think people were like, oh my God, that was crazy. Yeah. And I'm that's, awesome. you know, that's Keanu being, Keanu being able to select yep. random things. And, I, and, I love that movie. Yeah. It, it wasn't, not a lot of people did, but I thought it was fun. <laughs> so, it's got Jason Momoa in it. I mean, yeah. maybe that's why I'm kind of partial. But would you want to see them reboot something from our childhood with like weird science? Weird science, yeah, but like, where do you go? You know, it's all timing. Yeah. And if they did that now, I guess that they did it, it wouldn't be so surprising yeah, now. Disney Channel have, would do it. Yeah, because you have VR and you yeah. have, and you know, altered carbon. Yeah. And and you have, you know, every other, it, it you know, if there comes a point where every other movie isn't kind of about, you know, building your own human or, you know, being yeah. selective, I think they could. But that's kind of what everything is right now. Yeah, if they did weird science, it would probably be like Kate Upton in it. Yeah. I wouldn't want to watch it. Well, I like Kate Upton. She's attractive, but I don't like her acting. So I right. probably wouldn't want to watch it. But then again, you don't watch weird science for the acting. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I picked um, Buck Rogers. Yeah, that would be awesome. It's a 25th century. We haven't seen the 25th century yeah. yet. So the They could do anything they yeah. want. Yeah. And I'd like to see more Battlestar. I think yeah. Battlestar coming back would be great. I, you know, when we talked about this, and I was thinking about it, I was like, yeah, I would really like to see Battlestar. But, I, you know, Every, I don't know what they would do. They, everything else is coming back. But the Battlestar, the last one, bookend itself. Like, yeah. it was 100,000 years before the human race, and then 100,000 years after the human And, you know, when they had the Caprica 6, it came after that. So they bookend their cells, and... They didn't re- leave a lot of wiggle room to yeah. come back, and I mean, it's, and it, there's the reason why I really loved it is they, the story. It was a the first time you've seen a sci-fi drama yeah. really take off, so like may- in a TV show. So maybe leave it where it is. I'll retract my last statement. No, I would love to see it too, but I just don't know. I don't have any ideas for stories. Yeah, I mean, you could go with what Star Trek Discovery is doing and looking at more of the intricacies and yeah. like uh, what what is it, Section Thirty One. Yeah, well, I think they're going to tap into that at the beginnings of Section 31, yeah. I think they were listening to us because you've been talking about that probably since our first episode yeah. about how you want Section 31 to come out, and uh, it's coming. But yeah. not until 2019. This is not a, a year where we'll get Season 2 of Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. So we It's have a shame to- about that, too, because I think the, the Orville's going to make a Season 2. I think they're going to have a regular schedule, right? Yeah. So I think, this is my thought, I think Star Trek Discovery is put off until 2019 because I don't think CBS is going to keep it. I think it's going to move from its all access network cuz I think that failed. That might that might be very true. And if they if they want to keep it, they're going to move it to primetime on a Sunday, maybe the rival Walking Dead or they're just waiting for the Walking Dead to end. Maybe. Or waiting till game till Game of Thrones to end. Yeah, it might be cuz they got to take they got yeah. The it's a risky move to put it on Sunday. Yeah, because depending on when it is, you you have Walking Dead, you have Game of Thrones, and you also have Sunday Night Football. So the best time for, I mean, it would be summer, but people are out on Sundays in the yeah. summer. So I don't know. I don't know if, what the future holds for Star Trek Discovery. You just have to hope that people ride strong with the Section Thirty One. 
with the opportunity. And we're going to do a preview episode on that. We're going to spend a a whole hour talking about that because that needs to be dived into. You're going to spend a whole hour. I'm just going to stand with my mouth open. It's my favorite part of Star Trek. And it's, it's, I think it's only been in like four episodes. So I've I've started actual Star Trek. I've actually started my research. So I (laughs) I want to come prepared and come correct. And I'm going to watch the four episodes that it takes place in. But we want to know what our listeners think about the state of sci-fi. So you can follow us on all of our social medias and engage with us there. Like Twitter, the Grays, T-H-E-G-R-Y-S. Then we're on Facebook and SoundCloud, Instagram, under the Galaxy Wars podcast. And if we're on Google Play now for the Galaxy yeah. Wars podcast. And if you want to listen to me and Tom talk um, adventures, then you can join us on the Adventures of Binks in the Beard, where we will be talking about Ready Player One in our next episode. And if you just want to hear me talk about superhero stuff, you can listen to the Active Geek podcast on all podcast directories. Uh, so we will see you next week with our Ready Player One review. And uh, we're going to be back to a normal schedule, God willing. <laughs> see ya. Right.